Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. My name is Adriana Hong, and I am an Associate Professor of Medicine and Nephrology at the Vanderbilt University. The topic that we will present today is April 1 mediated kidney disease pathophysiology. Uh, the first time that um, it was identified that, genet- uh, that risk variants in the APOL1 were associated with kidney disease was in the context of HIV-associated nephropathy, or also known as HIVAN. Actually, HIVAN is the most severe form of APOL1-mediated uh, kidney disease. Uh, this was uh, discovered by Jeffrey Cobb and Cheryl Winkler, uh, who used, using admixture mapping were able to delineate an area in the chromosome 22 that was associated with HIVAN and idiopathic FSGS. So two years later, um, Martin Pollock's group using pine mapping were able to identify that those variants were located in the APOL1 gene and identify G1 and G2. Having high risk variants is a common uh, condition in individuals of African ancestry. Uh, this data that I'm presenting here is from the Million Variant Program, currently the largest biobank and more diverse biobank in the world. Uh, this data comes from 121,000 individuals across the nation. And we have that the prevalence of two high-risk variants is 12.9%. This is highly accurate and concordant with what's been observed in other cohorts. Now, if you go to your renal clinic, that prevalence will be significantly higher. Uh, For example, here in Neptune, uh, which is a study of nephrotic syndrome in kids, uh, that prevalence can be up to 47%. But now not everybody that has a high-risk genotype will develop kidney disease. And because of that, we handle a second heat hypothesis. Uh, That means that gene environment and gene-gene interactions play a key role in the development of ABL1-mediated kidney disease. So for environmental interactions, um, I'm going to use this figure put together by Juan Carlos Velez, presented in the Nature Review Nephrology which is highly comprehensive in the pathophysiology of the process. And we can observe how, for example, HIV, parvovirus B, and 19, uh, and also COVID generates AMKD. So these conditions have in common that they increase uh, significantly the release of cytokines, particularly of interferon, and interferon will increase the gene expression of APOL1 in the polocytes and create polocyte proliferation and polycyte de-differentiation and crowding of the numeral space that then will generate the occurrence of a pseudocrescent. As you can see here, this particular uh, histology is from somebody with high van. And you can also observe here in the electron microscoping uh, the occurrence of a tubular reticular inclusion body, also known as interferon footprint. This is not a tognomonic of APOL1. It just means that this pathophysiology being observed is associated uh, or mediated by a highly inflammatory process with high levels of interferon. Now, during the uh, COVID-19 epidemic, uh, we learned that um, the incidence rate for AKI was high. So in different studies, uh, it was described anywhere from 30 to 50%. 
uh, I chose to share this particular study because it's a national cohort of 5,216 individuals. And then they highlighted that individuals of black race had an odds ratio of 1.9 in the risk of uh, developing AKI and had a much higher risk of dying. And so we decided uh, that it was important to study if April 1 was mediated that disparity. So we evaluated if April 1 had to do with the risk of AKI and death in individuals of African ancestry admitted with COVID-19. Uh, and we used the million veteran program. And we did observe that if you had a high risk genotype, that risk was 51% compared to 30.9% individuals of low risk genotypes. And so this provided very important messages, included that you had the opportunity uh, to apply personalized care. Uh, for example, uh, you cannot administer interference to individuals with the potential of having an APOL1 high-risk genotype that uh, anti-inflammatories may have a higher efficacy. In the future, uh, as there are several APOL1 blockers in the pipelines, uh, when they become available, they, this may be the medication of choice, and that this pathophysiology may not be just uh, limited to uh, the COVID-19 context, but may be extended to other high-inflammatory uh, or critically ill patients. When it highlighted that studies by Catalin Sustak have now shown too that it's not yet the polycyte, but there is also an endothelial phenotype that is activated by the NLRP inflammasome. Uh, and uh, that particular association was reproduced in MVP as showing an association of high risk genotypes in April 1 with sepsis and sepsis related conditions. I want to highlight that there are other important and many other important environmental factors, but I'm just going to mention hypertension. It's been shown that high-risk April 1 uh, genotype is associated with early hypertension and more severe hypertension. This is important because it provides an opportunity to intervene earlier. Uh, moving to gene-gene interactions, uh, this could be outside the April 1 gene for sure. Um, just showing an example of a gene-gene interaction uh, with other uh, risk variants within the same APOL1 gene. We have been focusing G1 and G2, but there may be other variants in the APOL1, as I said. And so the question is, if this happened in the context of other variants, what will happen to the nephrotoxicity of G1 and G2? In vitro studies by Herbert Lannon have shown that it could change and nullify the uh, nephrotoxicity. And so we did look at these in the millivaram program in humans, and we were able to show that individuals with high-risk genotype with other lacking other variants um, had a tremendous risk of developing ESKD, which is in red. But if they had other APOL1 variants like the N264K in blue, that could be protected. And so gene-gene interactions are very important to understand the nephrotoxicity of G1 and G2. And that is through uh, the inhibition of uh, the poor forming function of G1 and G2. Finally, just want to mention that there's been many different mechanisms uh, described uh, for nephrotoxicity associated to APOL1 risk variants, uh, but these are the four that have been agreed upon the most. Uh, uh, that is uh, the pore uh, formation on the cell membrane that allow that functions as an ion channel and produces cell swelling and lysis. Uh, pore formation in the inner mitochondrial membrane. 
misfolding of the ER and causing ER stress, the interaction with the cytoskeleton, which produces proliferation in the differentiation of the polycyte. And so um, this want to highlight that the one that's being targeted by most medications or, or interventions right now is the poor formation. And so in summary, APOL1 high-risk genotypes are common. Uh, they explain a significant proportion of the excess risk that we see in individuals of African ancestry, but not everybody will develop kidney disease. So it's important to understand who will develop kidney disease uh, uh, in order to decide uh, who we need to genotype and who we do need to intervene uh, in. Um, so other studies of longitud with longitudinal data are important to understand more environment and other genes that will uh, interact with G1 and G2 and increase the risk of AMKD. And so um, just want to thank you all for listening. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.